Thank you, Micah. That was beautiful. Like a sharp-dressed man, too. You look good today. Look at that smile. That's excellent. I have some announcements, so if everybody can quiet down just a little bit, I'll give them to you. Sounds like there's a baby singing to the Lord. That's wonderful. Um, first announcement is directly after the service, I put a couple placards on a couple tables that said new members. So if you want to be a part of the new members class, just sit up. Grab your food from the potluck. So if you're a member, let the new members go first and get their food and then sit at the table. And if you're a member, don't sit at the new members table, uh, <laughs> obviously, right? Um, I think I probably should have started with this. I'm really glad you're here. And I'm really glad that we get to gather today to worship the living God. And we're starting a new series on gratitude. And we're, we're going to be using Second Thessalonians as our text. And I, can't, I could not be more excited about it because I've, I've just needed to hear the call to be grateful more than ever in my life. I, I don't know about you, but the, the news is kind of bringing me down. Um, I have, on that note, some sad news for us, some good news for the Coslin family, but Joy Coslin went to be with Jesus on um, October 30th, around 5 p.m., and she's dancing on streets of gold, and there's no more suffering. Um, so be in prayer for the Coslin family, Buzz and Keith. Um, let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord and make sure that you you say hi to somebody you haven't said hi to in a little bit. Go. Okay, can we get back into a worship atmosphere? Back to your seats. Choir, back to the choir loft. <laughs> and let's quiet our hearts and prepare ourselves to worship. Okay, that's better. We have a big focus this Sunday uh, on All Saints because as a church, we commemorate that date on the Sunday closest to All Saints Day. So with that thought in mind, the call to worship is, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Pray with me. Eternal God, neither death nor life can separate us from your love. Grant that we may serve you faithfully here on earth and in heaven rejoice with all your saints who ceaselessly proclaim your glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And if you would please stand now for the singing of the first hymn. 
Please be seated. And please send the, the students and children forward for this, this morning's children's message. Good morning. So glad to have you guys all here today. How was trick-or-treating this week? Yep, fun, thank you. Lots of candy? No? Yes? Yes? Everly discovered candy this year. <laughs> yes, yes, and she asked the next day, can we go trick-or-treating again? And I had to tell her once a year, once a year, hun. Um, so now that Halloween's over, trick-or-treating's done, we usually go right into Christmas, right? I, I'd like to, but there's a time of Thanksgiving, and so that's what I'm going to be talking about today, just so I can get Thanksgiving out of the way and we can start decorating for Christmas, right? Okay, so at Thanksgiving time, keep that there for me, it's a time to celebrate all the things that we're thankful for, right? So um, we're going to take some time. I'm going to hand the mic around, and I want you guys to share with me some things that you're thankful for. And while doing so, I'm going to add those thanks into this balloon with a puff of air. So we'll go over here. Family. Home. This church. Friends. Family. School. Candy. <laughs> God. Food. Everly. My grandson, Ryan. Okay, well, I'm going to add getting sick. Yeah, that's, that sounds great, right? I should know, right? We don't usually praise being sick or other bad things. We talk about all the good. So what would happen if I were to... Right? So my balloon of thankfulness was full and big, but I threw something bad in and it kind of just went away. But we have to remember that, you know, God wants us to also praise him for the things that are bad. So I'm going to read from Ephesians 5.20, and it says, Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So... When good things happen, we are full of praise like the balloon. But when bad things happen, the balloon kind of just disappeared, didn't it? So we aren't, why aren't we thankful when bad things happen? It doesn't feel good. So wouldn't God want us to thank him for everything, like it said in Ephesians? Shouldn't we be thankful for everything? It's easy to thank God for good things, but can we remember to thank God for hard things too? Because he often uses those bad things for good. 
Have you ever been in a situation where you were like, why, God, why? Why is this happening to me? And then maybe a few months later, you're like, aha, that's why. I can share a little example. It's probably going to go over your heads, but there was a coffee shop, and if you know me, I love coffee. And they had to close their doors because their landlord raised the rent, and they couldn't afford to stay there anymore. Well, here we are almost six months later, and they have a new place, and it's bigger, and it's better, and they have a whole courtyard now where they can serve people. And to me, I'm like, praise God for that. Who knew that when that door closed for them, that they would be getting this new building? And I'm so excited for them. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for just being with us as we go about life, um, our hand to hold. And thank you for this lesson today, Father, that reminds us in Ephesians 5.20 that we should be thankful for all things, good and bad, and that we should lift up praise to you for those things. Be with us now as we go into school. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Well, we taught you this song last week, and we're going to do it again as a reminder so that we learn it and we can start incorporating it into our sets here. It goes like this. Oh, 
Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess together our sins. Okay. Eternal God, in every age you have raised up men and women to live and die in faith. We confess that we are indifferent to your will. You call us to proclaim your name, but we are silent. You call us to do what is just, but we remain idle. You call us to live faithfully, but we are afraid. In your mercy, forgive us. Give us courage to follow in your way that joined with those from ages past who have served you with faith, hope, and love, we may inherit the kingdom you promised in Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus also said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Please stand. We're going to read a segment from the brief statement of faith that is one of the confessions of our church. And so if you would join me in reading that in unison. In life and in death, we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit, we trust in the one triune God, the Holy One of Israel, whom alone we worship and serve. With, with believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And that is the consolation that we have as we remember our saints this morning. 
Mary Parung. Feathers Collins. Janie Harris. Bill Ballantyne. Jolene Vandermotten. Norman Rooney. Joyce Hansler. Johnny Ernest. Marilyn Christie. Frank McKee. Dan James Mitchell. And Joy Costlin. Eternal God, we remember with thanksgiving those who have loved and served you in your church on earth and who now rest from their labors, especially those most dear to us whom we name in our hearts before you. Keep us in fellowship with all your saints and bring us at last to the joy of your heavenly kingdom. Amen. And we're going to sing the hymn now for all the saints, and you can remain seated as we sing that.
going to be studying 2 Thessalonians for the week of November, and we're going to be camping out on the call to gratitude. In 2 Thessalonians, the major theme is that Christ is coming back. It's written by Paul. He was probably in Corinth at the time. And the town of Thessalonica was under great distress. I liken it to today. I was watching the news the other day, and the president of the United States went to a baseball game, and he was booed. Whether you like Trump or whether you're not, I've never seen a country boo their president. As we just looked at that slideshow of saints that touched our lives and they're now gone. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like giving up. I feel like this isn't worth it. It's that point in the movie where there's only a couple battlers left and they're about to lose. And that's how Thessalonica felt. And I don't know if you feel like that, but every once in a while I feel like that. And so this letter is to you. This letter is to me. It could not be more relevant. Let's open our Bibles up to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to read the first four verses, and then I'm going to read 11 and 12. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus the Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We must always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is right, because your faith is growing abundant, abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith during all your persecutions and the afflictions that you are enduring. And then he paints a beautiful picture of the judgment of Christ. And then right at the end of this section says, in verse 11, for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion, leading them to believe... Oh, I skipped ahead to the wrong thing. That's 2, 11 and 12. Here it is. To this end... We always pray for you, asking that our God will make you worthy of his call and will fulfill by his power every good resolve and work of faith so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God 
and the Lord Jesus the Christ. This is the word of the Lord. The first thing I notice as Paul opens his letter is you notice how wise of a leader Paul is. And you notice this in all of his letters. I don't know if you have this problem, but I have this problem. When the hard times hit, I whine. I complain. And on good days, I come up with a strategy. I come up with a strategy to win, to get through it, get around it. Does Paul do this? No, he does not. Paul doesn't complain, and he doesn't heap pessimistic advice upon the people of Thessalonica. What does he do? He points out where things are going well. He bursts forth with words of encouragement. I don't know about you, but if I were receiving this letter, I would read these words and I'd say, the Apostle Paul believes that I'm good. The Apostle Paul thinks I can make it. Let's put the boots back on. Let's try and do this again. Let's keep going. Our challenge is stop being a bunch of complainers and a bunch of parts of the problem. We have the joy of the risen Christ. We are the solution. Wake up and smell who you are. And he points out a couple things that he's grateful for in the church. One of them is their faith. Their steadfast faith. If anybody was here last week, is anybody here last week? I talked about faith, right? Wasn't that my whole thing? I read an encouraging quote as I was studying for this text. I'm trying to find it right now. There it is. It is the mark of the advancing Christian that he or she grows surer of Jesus Christ every day. The faith which may begin as a, as a hypothesis ends as a certainty. A guy named James Agat once said, My mind is not like a bed which has to be made and remade. There are some things of which I am absolutely sure. Did you catch that? How many of us in here have, as the tough times have hit us, first, I complain. Who's with me? Okay, good. I feel like, yeah, okay, we're a bunch of sinners who found grace and we're just telling the world where we found it, right? And so we confess, we mess up a bunch, and I always gripe and I complain, Paul rectifies that and says, you know what you need to start doing is you first, you need to start seeing where God is at work and start praising God for that and start thanking the people that you've, that you've been 
like placed around you and put, put in your life. And he says, do you know what you, you're, you're not thinking about as the hard times hit? You need more faith. We don't need more solutions. We don't need more problem solvers. We don't need more action. We don't need more laziness. We don't need anything but faith. We need to know, we, we need to go back to that moment where God pulled us from the mire and say, that's the same God that is right next to us right now. Right? How many times does he have to, how many times, like that guy says, we, it's, it's not like a bed. We don't have to remake it over and over. How many times have I remade the bed and just, re, oh, do I still believe this? Yes. Yum, yum, yum. I know Jesus Christ was sent by God the Father to die for my sins. I know it. Absolutely true. It's not a, it's not a theory anymore. When you have a theory, you test it. It's been tested so many times in my life that it's proven. It's true. You could build a house on it. You could build a, you could build a building on it. You could build a church on it. Amen? And so we, as Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, as the world goes to hell in a handbasket, we need to start praising God and thanking God for the people that are in this room. Amen. Right? And we need to not be coming up with problems and solutions and that kind of jazz. We need to be praising and pleading with God, give us more faith. Remind us that you didn't let us down yesterday. You didn't let me down in 03 when my mom went to be with the Lord with cancer. You didn't let me down when my family, it seemed like it were all running in different directions. You didn't let me down when I was hopeless and trapped in my sin. You haven't let me down. You're not letting me down. You will never let me down. Build upon that. We need more faith. What else do we need to do? He says, you know what I like about you guys in Thessalonica? As the storm's hitting and stuff like that, your faith, you're just huddling around and you're saying, yes, I believe God's going to make it and he's going to pull us through and he's going to come back for each and every one of us. He's going to wipe the tear from our eyes. How's that going to look? The God of the universe putting his hand on my face and wiping away my sadness over missing my mom. Wiping Buzz's tears away as joy went to be with Jesus before him. What's that going to look like? That's going to be amazing. We've lost sight of our future, that Jesus is coming back, infuses hope into every second of every day of right now. So we need more faith. And then he says, you know what else I'm encouraged by? You guys love each other. You know what I'm encouraged by? By this, like, I, I got called to this. There's so many things that I'm encouraged by. You know I'm a new pastor. Have you met me? My name is Jason Warren Grimmins. I got hired back in August. That's like a couple months ago. Honeymoon over. Jason, you're in it, okay? But some stuff that's encouraging to me. God, hear, God heard a cry of my wife's when she was a little girl. She said, I want to live by the beach. <laughs> That's serious. I'm not, everybody's giggling, but no, she's, my wife comes alive like you've never seen her when she's looking for dolphin. <laughs> through Jeff Leak and through this place, God said, check. You're going to live by the beach. 
you know what, God, I want to be at the helm of a church in a culture I know. I was pleading with God in Michigan. Have you been to Michigan? Yeah. <laughs> I was pleading, you know, there were almost blood tears coming out, you know, like it was serious. I was having a conversation. I cannot speak to these people. I did it. Let me, funny story. I did an ugly sweater. <laughs> I did an ugly sweater event in, the, in Michigan. Does anybody else see the humor in that? <laughs> they have no idea what an ugly sweater is because every sweater that they own is ugly. <laughs> That's just the way it is. It's function over, like, look, you know? When it's 20 below, you don't need a sweater that looks good. You need a sweater that keeps you warm. It doesn't matter if it has Snoopy's face on it. I was pleading with God, get me to a place where I know the culture, and the culture knows me. Do you realize I've given Rage Against the Machine illustrations from this pulpit? <laughs> Nowhere in the country can I do that than right here. God always shows up, and the, 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 the pinnacle is you guys don't even just like each other. You do love each other. You know, I, don't, don't get an arm cramp from patting yourselves on the back. You still got to work on it, you know. There's still a lot of people that have never met you, and you need to be loving them, right? But I, you, you, you put the spotlight on it. Well done. This is a place where we can be sappy. This is a place where we can take our masks off and I don't have to pretend. And I can like you and you can like me and it can be okay. I don't know, there was just a devotional put out by this World Vision guy. He, he, he worked for World Vision for 20 years and his hypothesis is his upbringing as a baby boomer caused him to get cancer. His theory was that as he was seeing the, the world hunger problems, he was seeing frontline people starving to death in Ethiopia and seeing all these things, and he did not express his tears. He did not express his pain. And he says, I quite possibly could have gotten cancer because I just stored up, and I didn't let out the real, the sincere pain that I was witnessing. We need this to be a place where we come in and we honestly, genuinely love one another. And we take people as is. You don't have to clean up. I don't have to throw on a robe. I just did it. Every once in a while, I like to throw on a robe. <laughs> and it's mainly for Lou. Is Lou even here today? Man. Awesome. Lou? <laughs> You said wear a robe, I'm wearing a robe. Okay, now, last thing he says, endurance. Endurance. You ever seen the movie Backdraft? Yeah. Other than, it's confusing that, I don't think that many firefighters smoke, but that's the most confusing part about that movie. Everybody, <laughs> oh man, that, that fire was crazy. <laughs> anyway. Take that out of the movie. And that part where he says, you go, we go. 
That's to the church. We're as low as the lowest person in this room. We're as high as the highest person in this room. Consistently, all throughout this text, there's no first person, uh, there's no second person singular. Every time you see the word you, it's y'all in First and Second Thessalonians. We all, we need to endure. And it takes a church to raise a Christian. It takes the person to your right and takes the person to your left. We endure. We're running this race together and it's a long haul. Judy's going to get tripped up. Mike Chase has got to be there. Make sure he just doesn't hit the ground. Ian's going to hit some hurdles. Bob's right next to him. He won't be much help, but I love him. (laughs) That smile. Sorry to throw you under the bus. But we're, we're in this together. And then he caps it off in verse 11 and 12. I could, you guys in for another two-hour sermon? Because that, that's the bread and butter. That's the bread and butter of this text. Because he calls us to this faith. And he calls us to express our love for one another. And then he calls us to endure. And then he paints this picture of when Jesus is coming back. And then he rewinds a little bit and just zooms in and if we saw each other as we really are right now verses 11 and 12 is as we really are right now as we grow in our faith and as we grow in our endurance and as we express love for one another the greatest mystery of all starts to happen we start to be in Christ And Christ begins to be in us. We begin to be Christ in this world. There's this band out there. His singer name's Chris Caraba. He was a singer of Further Seems Forever when it first started, and then he went out and did Dashboard Confessional. But he sings about six octaves higher than men should sing. But he, the climax of one of these songs, is it's called the New Year's Project. And he's talking about you and I as being a New Year's Project as a church. And he screams at the top of his lungs at this really high pitch. I can't even start to go there. But he goes, I become you, and you become me somehow. And he hits the how, and every hair on my body stands up. Because somehow, God takes us and makes us righteous. Martin Luther called it the great exchange, and it's what this table is all about. All we have is our sins. All we have is our faults. All we have is how much mess up we do. We come to this table. Jesus comes to this table on the other side. We hand him our unrighteousness. He hands us his righteousness. 
And we become Christ in this world. We become Christ for this OCC, for this Costa Mesa High School, for this Vanguard University, for all the homeless that are walking straight past this place. We are Jesus the Christ in this world. I feel like we should go straight to the table, but we got to pause for a second. We got to pause and breathe in these challenges. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, pour out upon us fresh faith. Make us sure of the things that you have shown us over and over in our lives. Lord, uncork the love we have for one another and the gratitude we have to you for one another. May this be your church and not the building, the people that are right around here. Help us to endure. Bind us together so that everything that this world and this life throws at us, we may handle together. We come once again this Sunday, November 2nd, November 3rd, 2019. We hand you our unrighteousness. Make us new, O Lord. And all God's people said, We've remembered the saints. We've gone to God's word. Now we respond. We give back a portion of what God has given to us. This morning's tithes and offering are now received.
When I was taking the ordination exams, I kept failing one of them. One of them, it was called Reformed Worship. And I remember there were 10 things that happened at at, uh, Lord's Supper, and I always would leave off a couple. But one of my favorites was at this table, we celebrate the kingdom triumphant and the end game of this whole thing where we sit around the table with all the saints. And we're in Christ and we're with Christ. And he's at the head of the table saying, welcome home. This isn't a Presbyterian table. This isn't a Presbyterian Church of the Covenant table. This is Jesus' table. This is our Savior's table. And the only prerequisite that you have to have to approach this table is need. You have to be at least to the point where you realize, I can't do this without him. I can't please the Father. I can't be with the Father. I can't even make my own life work without Jesus Christ. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we thank you for the truth that you are coming back for us. We pause for a moment as we are about to commune together as a family and we recognize we are unworthy, but you are so, so worthy. Search our hearts. Make us clean. And all God's children said, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he picked up the bread and he broke it. And he said, this used to be the Passover bread. You know, for thousands of years, you guys have, have celebrated this bread as unleavened bread. You had to get out of Egypt so fast that you couldn't wait for the bread to rise. But I'm making a new covenant. And it's not only with the people of Israel, but it's with all of my people. And this is no longer that unleavened bread. This is my body broken for you. Now, we, we take the bread individually and at your own pleasure. But then as the cup is later passed, please hold on to your cup and we take it together as a church family. Come. The gifts of God for the people of God.
In the same way, Jesus took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this cup, do so in remembrance of me. We celebrate the great mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again.
the good news is this. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. God of glory, in this holy feast, you have made us one with Christ. Lead us in the paths of righteousness and guide us to the springs of the water of life until we join the choir of the redeemed, singing, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please stand for this morning's benediction. Now, to him who is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory, to the holy, only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, the glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our day. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for Thank you.